0: Oh, so good. Bam. We're live. <laughs> Dude, you, Josh, when, when I invited you on the show, we were doing 200,000 downloads on iTunes a week. And now we're doing like almost 350,000 downloads a week. Cause you waited oh, wow. that critical three weeks while we went through. our <laughs> Great. Your PR guy's a genius. Plan. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, people who are watching day i am a uh i'm, a, I'm just like a, a ufc fanatic like like not like the normal guys who interview you who like know shit about the sport but like i'm like a, for me it's like junk food right Okay. like on saturdays i sit down and i watch that for three hours and then when i'm warming up on the assault bike to work out i watch all the gossip shows you know like those 10 minute like Gossip shows they have on YouTube like What's Joe Rogan say about Conor McGregor's Being juiced up what's what's Dana White say about uh, John Jones hitting his wife you know that those All those not really But yeah no okay that's me (laughs) Right right you're too busy training And so I've been fortunate enough to um d- dig in um, um I-, I was an executive over at crossfit uh, uh i was with crossfit for a long time and um i basically started this podcast and i've been parlaying this following i have and just a huge growth of the crossfit to just talk to some of the people that i really that th- really the only tv that i watch which is ufc and i've people have been kind enough like al Jermaine came on a couple weeks ago a couple weeks ago Art, before yeah. that um volkanovsky came on and we've been just getting just awesome people nice so i really appreciate you doing this you are man you're a special cat uh thank you for for, for those of you who don't know this is a um guy he's 17 and 2 you could pr- probably argue quite convincingly that he's 17 and 1 uh his one loss was a decision and it's 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 a uh, quite questionable and so to, put that in perspective you have someone like who's the current champ who may be considered the great who is is in the is in the conversation for one of the greatest fighters um ever uh also only has one loss and uh you are i mean is it it's fair to say you are the it's and it's weird to say this because you're 36 but you are the next guy to break into that
1: like all the guys above you I mean they're like
0: they're household names in in the MMA space, right? For for us fans,
1: right? Yeah, and they've all that that's what I've been saying, you know, it's like all the guys in front of me, they they've all fought each other, they've fought the champions, but for some reason it's like they don't fight for a year or two, they come back and they just hold their slot in the top 3, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm constantly um, I, I was ranked fourth in the world at one point and then I had a small setback and it's like I, I've been working my ass off to get back to where I'm at but it, I'm always fighting the guys behind me never turned to fight down always accepted a fight even though you see some people say that I turned fights down I was never offered that fight then um but it's it, it's been tough like I want to fight mm-hmm. the best guys and like Volkanovski, like you said he is he's the best in uh, in our weight class I think whoever the champion, is is the best, but you know, I, I think stylistically him and I match up. Like it's the best matchup for me. You know what I mean? And it'd be, you know, he's a great guy. I, I met him once when I was in uh Rio when he fought uh Jose Aldo and uh beat him. But it's like, you know, I I want to fight these guys. Like I, I know I can, you know, I, I can hold my own and, and and I believe I'm the best in the world. I just wanna I want the opportunity.
0: Matt, can you bring up that? I think I sent it to you in an email. the The link from um, is it Sure Dog? It's it's at the oh yeah 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 it's it's Sure Dog and it's the the fighter profile on Josh Emmett. Do you see that in the email? Mm-hmm. It's crazy when you look at how successful you've been. It, I mean, it, it's a testament to how hard it is to be uh, uh, an athlete. And scroll down a little bit.
1: And and the funny thing is, like you're you're saying, I could be seventeen and one, like. In my mind, I'm like, you know, I, I could argue that I'm, I'm 18-0-1. You know, it's uh, I feel that Desmond Green fight, I, I'm grateful for that loss because it made me go down to uh, featherweight. And that was always the plan. But since I was winning it lightweight, I wasn't going to change it. So I'm, I'm happy that that happened. I, I do feel like I won that fight. Steven's loss, you know, it, it is what it is. But it's like little controversy behind that. Like I don't take anything away from him. You know, it's the fight game. Um, but I, I did set the new there's a reason why they have instant replays now they they set that rule because of that fight. And then <laughs> explain
0: know, that to me. go into detail, explain that to me, please.
1: Um, so now they have instant replay with the Jeremy Stevens fight. you know, there was a there was a illegal knee, you know that they should have stopped the match right away. Um, and then I would have had. You know, time to recover. I wouldn't have taken those elbows that kind of like, you know, fractured my face and, and cost me the fight. Um, and people forget I was winning that fight. You know, I almost finished him in the first round. Um, but I, you know, it's all part of a learning process. You know, I, was my first main event slot. In my head, I was thinking, you have four more rounds, conserve some energy. Um, but I, I learned from it, you know, because I should have done what he did to me in the second round. But, but what I'm saying with that, uh, that illegal knee. I was on all fours, and he threw the knee, and it, it grazed my head. It di- it didn't do a whole lot of damage, but it still it was illegal. You know, there's r- rules for a reason. So it it grazed my head, and then came down, hit me in the back of the head, um, which it didn't. Honestly, people talk about that, and it it didn't affect me at all. Like it's a fight, you know. And there's some elbows to the back of the head, but I'm constantly turning away, so I'm creating that. So I don't take anything away from, um, Stevens, but after that fight then there was another illegal knee i think it was Greg hardy maybe a a few weeks after maybe months um but they they implemented the the instant replay um now because of that Um, what
0: um, i I wouldn't have gone here and this is really more technical than a a, a knob fan like myself should care about but i guess i'm there i think that in the aljamain fight Mm-hmm. they should just stop the like like it's, it's it's a sport that's the rule it's a it's a severe breakage of the rules it's not like you grab the fence yeah and some and the ref knocked your fingers off i think if you knee someone in your head i i, I don't think it should be up to the athlete whether they can continue or not i think the ref should call the fucking fight and they should refight later if they want to fight it is right. a it's like serious misconduct
1: no, I 100 percent agree. Or get
0: rid of the rule and let the dudes need each other in the head, but you can't have it both ways. It's not fair to put that on Aljamain. It's not fair to put that on you. It's not fair to put that on. Um, who did John? Didn't John Jones need someone in the head too? It's not fair to put that on those dudes. The dude yes. who got need in the head. The whole he's got to deal with peer pressure, winning the fight, the referee. I mean, it's fucking nuts.
1: No, I, no, I 100 percent agree, and it's like, and the only thing is like. Like I, I, I don't care, but it, like you said, there's rules for a reason. Like, right. If not, hey, take them all away. Let's go back to pride rules. I, want to, I, so- I could have soccer kicked him in the in the face when I dropped him, but that's against the rule, so I didn't. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it's just, it's for me, it's the the principle. Um,
0: if you can't enforce a rule, it's pointless. It's like that in society too. I hate to get all political on you here for a second, but like <laughs> in my town, you can steal. Up to $950 in my town in California or in, in any of these, I don't know what's happened to the whole Western side of the United States. Um, but you can yeah. break all these laws and get away with it. Like then don't have the law.
1: I thought it was under a thousand. So it's, sure, yeah, sure. Tonight, Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just nuts. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you, can, you can, you can, you can put someone up. You can hold, uh, my, my kids kid's jujitsu instructor, Garth Taylor was held up at an ATM by a knife. And, uh, 24 hours later, by the way, the guy didn't get any money from him. And, uh, 24 <laughs> hours later, the guy's out because of COVID. No, no, sorry. You don't get protection from yeah. COVID if you put a knife to someone at the ATM. Yeah, um, or don't have the rule and let, let all robbery at the ATM go <laughs> on. I mean, like, so we can all show up there with a gang of people. I mean, <laughs> um, you think you, th- I mean, you fight and you um, interview like someone who thinks they can beat everyone up. Like you have like some crazy confidence, not like um, fake confidence. I don't mean fake, not like bravado. I don't want to call it fake what Connor does or what some of these guys does, but it's it's very clear listening to you talk that you just think you could beat everyone up.
1: Yeah, and that's why I got in the sport. I, I feel like you have to have self-belief in yourself. You have to be confident, but not not in a, a bad way. I a hundred percent like I only got into the sport because I was a huge fan of it. I've always been a fan of it. I've wrestled my whole life. I've played sports my whole life and I, and I thought I could do well at it. Um, I also, I'm from Sacramento, California, so I, I'm grateful and lucky that Uriah opened one of the best gyms for the lighter weights in my backyard. Um, otherwise I wouldn't be fighting, you know, I, I didn't have the money. I wouldn't have gone and, and traveled to any other city or state to to try this out. And so I've been training with them since he opened his gym in 2006. Um, And and, and then there was a small break that I went down um, to the Bay Area, um, Menlo College, and I I wrestled down there from 2007 to 2010 just because I I wanted to get my degree. Um, I I knew I was going to come back to fighting, but just in case fighting didn't work out for me, I wanted to have something to fall back on. And so I uh, I got better at wrestling at the four year level, and then I came back in 2010, picked up where I left off, had a few amateur fights, and then and then went pro. I have been training with the best guys in the world my entire career. I was all of the, the top guys' main training partners when I was two and zero as an amateur, one and zero as a pro. So I, I kind of I've known where I, I stack up the entire time. Um, I've also trained with everyone that's come through team alpha male and trained with us, you know, over the last decade. So I, I just, I needed my, just my opportunity to get in the UFC. And, you know, I, I was lucky and grateful that to, to get that on a four day notice across the world. And I took advantage of it.
0: What, what's your, what's your dad like? Did you, were you born in Sacramento? Did you say
1: I was born in Phoenix? Um, okay. hmm. I was born in Phoenix. I've, uh, my my mom and dad came out to Sacramento when I was like six months old, so okay, that was home to me.
0: So, and and what what is your dad like?
1: Uh, my dad, he passed away a few like like twelve years ago. Um, but no, he he was a great guy. It's uh, my mom was, you know, she she raised me. I was uh, my mom was a single mom, and I raised my older brother and I. And then I I have you know my dad had it my stepmom at the time. Um, you know, and then had two kids, my, my brother and sister as well. But how, was, how, I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, it just wasn't, uh, it was different. Like we just weren't as, as close, you know?
0: Oh, oh, how did your dad pass?
1: Uh, he was kind of got into, a like altercation and just, it was, a. I don't know it was ruled homicide. And then the DAs, everything ruled it out. It, it, it wasn't, he had a, a heart attack during the, the altercation. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Wow. Uh, man, is uh, a, that, that was hard. And it was a, uh, it was all like I, I was talking about. It's like a lot of people, I don't talk about a lot of this, but it's like, my whole life was just tough. Not even just in my career. It's like growing up as a kid and just a lot of dysfunction and, you know, my, my dad and older brother, it was just a lot of addiction and mental illness and alcohol abuse. And so it's like, that's why I'm, I think that's kind of like molded me into the way I am. I, you know, as a child seen so much stuff and was, you know, just scared all the time and around, you know, the police were always at the house. So it's like, when i'm going to go fight somebody in a controlled environment that i signed up to do that does not scare me at all you know what i mean there's a ref in there to to stop us if something happens wow. no is it is it that you're
0: is it that you're not scared Oh, that's interesting. I, I heard Daniel. Sorry, I got a couple competing thoughts here. I, I heard Daniel Rodriguez say he's one of the welterweights, and he came off the main streets of East L.A. And I remember him saying, "God, he loves the UFC because in in East L.A. he said you get in a fight, and even if you win or lose, like you don't know, like if someone's gonna stab you." Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. said in the UFC, there's a ref, and it's over, and you get to like go back to your car without someone stabbing you. Yeah. Um, Or is it that maybe you're trying to, there's an intensity in that, um, um, in those moments when you're a kid that you're trying to relive? Do you think maybe it could be that? It's not so much that you were afraid, but your your psychological makeup is is you're at home under just tremendous stress.
1: Yeah. No, I I don't know about that. It's a, When I'm fighting, it's kind of crazy, and you've probably heard people talk about this. It it is crazy in a sense that I'm I'm not nervous at all before a fight. Like my, since my first amateur fight, like I was asking my coaches, "Is it bad?" Right before I walked out, "Is it bad?" I'm not nervous. They're like, "No, that's great." So I don't. The only thing that kind of bothers me and, and scares me a little bit is like I'm just from a financial standpoint. I'm thinking about not that I'm not thinking about losing, but I'm just like, if something goes wrong, I get half of my pay. And you know, I'm banking, I'm always banking on myself. And I'm like, you know, I'm,
0: what do you I'm, mean if something goes wrong? Like if the other guy pulls out with COVID or something?
1: No, if you lose, if you lose, oh. you get paid half, you know what I mean? It's wow. like, it's, uh, you get a show and a win, you know? So it's like, that's the only thing from a financial standpoint that is always in the back of my mind. Cause I'm going to, I'm not fighting any harder. I'm trying to win and, and knock the person out and hurt the person with every single strike I, I throw. So it's, uh, th- that's the only thing in the back of my mind. But, um, as far as like reliving say, I I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I'm just, I, I just feel like I'm, I, I'm good at this. And, and there's not a whole, there's not another job that I could just go out there and make these big lumps of, um, cash. And, and my goal is to be a world champion. You know, it's, a uh, so I, I'm, I'm the type of person that when I want something, like I I'll do all my research on it, I'll, I'll do this, but it's like, I want it now. You know, I can't, it's hard for me just to kind of like wait and wait and wait. And so it's like, I, I want to be a world champion. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. You know what I mean? I also feel like, like you were talking about my age earlier. I, I am older than most, but at this point I feel the absolute best I've ever felt. Mm. Um, I got into sport late too. You know, I, I didn't, I haven't taken really any damage. I'm sorry. Uh, besides, um, besides the Jeremy Stevens fight, you know, I, I, I took that's the most damage I've ever taken, and you know, I have 19 pro fights and a few amateur fights. Um, so I, I feel great, and I feel like I have a, the longevity of my career. Um, I feel like I have a handful of years, but only a uh, maybe a year and a half to two years to really make a run at that title
0: speaking of of damage these guys um who are uh, the five guys who are ahead of you in this weight class the 145 pound class volkanovsky holloway ortega yair rodriguez i don't know how he, i mean I, I like Yair. i don't know he was gone for so long i don't know how he jumped up so quickly uh and then and then and then uh this chan sung young that's the korean zombie right yep. and calvin cater uh these guys are like human punching bags these guys have taken insane damage in all their last fights that I've seen. I mean, what Calvin, what, what the Holloway cater fight was almost uncomfortable to watch. I mean, it was, it was nuts. Um, I mean, so, you know, if you see, and and you're a toe to toe guy, you almost look like when you fight, like you have something, like you want to send a message. Not only can I punch harder than you, but your
1: hardest punch can't hurt me. And and that's the thing. It's, It's funny you say that because, uh, I've been working with my my boxing coach.
0: I'm not saying, by the way, you don't have great head movement. I'm just saying you will stand toe-to-toe with anyone. You're just like, fuck you, let's do this.
1: No, and and, and that's the thing. I, I I spar with pro boxers, and it, it's a different look. They they hit harder. Even though we have bigger gloves, the, the punches don't stop. It's punches and bunches. But it's like – in my my boxing coach hates this. Joey always gets on me when he, he knows, like, uh, certain things that I, I do. So as soon as I get in there and, – and trust me, I give all my opponents so much – they say too much respect um, just because they, they fought the best guys in the world. And, and I'm never going to overlook anyone. Even if I was fighting the guy that's making his debut or the, the person last in the rankings, anything can happen in this sport, especially with four ounce gloves. And, and I don't take that for granted. So, um, but as soon as I get hit by some of these guys, I just like, I, I think in my head, I'm like, man, that's it. And then just, I just, I know people can't. Um, I, yeah, you're right. Because I, I feel like, I hit anybody. It doesn't even have to be a featherweight. I could hit a welterweight. If I land a clean punch on them or a middleweight, I'll knock them out. You know, um, I, I feel like I do possess a different type of power and, um, you know, I have good boxing. It's like, but I, what we're fighting with four ounce gloves, like I, I listen to some of the, I don't know, just people that say stuff or journal, whatever they are. And they're just, uh, Like talk about even my last fight, like, oh, he doesn't have the best boxing. I I guarantee come watch me at a boxing gym with 16 ounce gloves and headgear. I guarantee I have the better boxing than anyone I've ever fought. You know, if I, if I fight him in a boxing match, but this is MMA, you know, so we have to be a lot more careful and, and I'll have a lot better head movement and, and, you know, slipping punches and countering if I, if I was actually boxing, but I'm just kind of careful with uh, the, these small gloves. And that, that's what it was with Ige. I, I gave him a ton of respect. He's a tough guy. I did want to go out there and be the first one to finish him because he's never been finished. But I also, I thought he would try to wrestle me a lot. And I, w- I was more cautious of the takedown. So I wasn't as aggressive as I typically am. And I just wanted to get the win. You know, I, I wanted to get two checks. Um, and, and just looking at it, it was relatively, I came out of that that fight, like I had a few you know, like scratches on my face, but I'm, I'm pretty light skinned guy. So you, you see everything. As soon as I get hit, it just turns red. So it, sometimes it looks worse than it is, but in two days I was all cleared up, you know, my face and I, I feel great. It was relatively looking at it, not saying anything bad, but it was an easy fight, you know, looking at that fight and he's such a, a tough, tough guy.
0: Um, Shane Burgos, can you pull that um back up? I, I fancy myself as just loving watching human beings, loving all human beings and uh being a study of just human beings. Shane Burgos doesn't seem human to me. Is he is he weird to be around? Like he he seems like he's a um he doesn't the rest of you guys look like you're supposed to be in that weight class. He he doesn't I mean, everything on him looks long. His levers, his bones look thicker than all your guys'. I mean, when you get into a ring with someone like that, that was the guy you, the fight you just showed, Matt. Is it different? Like, yep. are you like, oh shit, this is a cyborg when you get in there with a guy like that?
1: No. Or am I just
0: totally mis miss looking at him? I mean, he looks he, like he, a freak to me.
1: He's a big guy. He's a, He is a big guy. Like, a uh, funny story about that, even when I fought in New York, when I fought, you know, Desmond Green back in what was that Two, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. Shane Burgos and I were in the, the same like training room. You know how we have a red and a blue corner like throughout the week. So we okay. we're he he was training with his coach, you know, throughout the week I would see him. I think it was his first or second fight. I'm not even sure. Um, but I was fighting at 155 and, and I, I saw him hitting pads and kicking, kicking pads with his coach. And then uh, I was asking one of my coaches, I was like, I was like, who is that? I was like, what he fights at 170? You know, he's a big ass guy. And then like, oh, he fights at 145. And and I was at 155. And I was like, no way. And then, you know, fast forward a handful of years, we end up fighting each other. But yeah, I don't I don't know how he makes the weight. He is big. You know, I, I remember even when I fought him.
0: I mean, uh, look at his neck. And the distance between his elbow and his shoulder I mean he's just giant
1: His reach, it was the longest reach I think it's like a 75 inch reach Or what does he have? It's like 75, 76 inch reach um,
0: And he can take a punch man That guy can f-
1: Wow Yeah. He can, but he, but even like uh, You know every everyone's a little smaller And just sucked up at weigh So at Wayne's, <laughs> I was like oh he's pretty skinny I remember walking out And this is weird, in the hangar You know when I, I fought with no fans It was like UFC Vegas 3 um, I was talking to my coaches, I was trying to like pump myself up, but there's no music, no fans. It's dark. I was like, oh, this is weird. But I, I looked at my coach and I was like, I'll, I'll warm up in the first round. And then, and then my coach also said, cause he saw Burgos running around the ring. He's like, damn, he filled out, you know, and like, well, he looks fucking huge. And then that's after, like <laughs> here, you know? And then as we got closer, I was like, man, like he really did fill out. Like, I, I wonder what he weighed. Um, <laughs> you know, the night we fight. Cause I, I put on a lot of weight and I think I was like 169, 170 when I fought, I guarantee he was heavier than me.
0: <laughs> wow. So wow. you go from 145 to up to 170. What? What? That's 20, 25 pounds.
1: Yeah. And t- typically sometimes, um, uh, I used to, I used to put on like 30 pounds in 12 hours. And then by the time out of me, like I, I, you know, Friday night I'll be 176. And then the next day i would fight at like 68 to 70 um but this this fight i was i was little i was a lot lighter for this fight so i i heard, I heard like the the commentators saying like oh i'd like to get josh on the scale um but I, but i think i was like mid 60s um and that was so light for me it was is really- that much
2: weight fluctuation in that short amount of time like mess with you at all like no, do you no. really feel that happen or is it just it's just the process that it plays out
1: yeah I feel like I work with one of the best like dietitians in the country and they're awesome. My last handful of um, fights I've been with them and it makes the cuts easy. Um, I thought I, I thought I knew what I was doing before. um, But until I started working with them, it's like, I guess I really didn't, or I did better than most, but now it's on another level. And that's why I'm talking about, I feel the best I've ever felt in general, just because like I have everyone in, in play. And like, I say my team and I'm not talking about team alpha male. It's just like all my, you know, my dietitians, my coaches, my nutritionists, my yeah. chiropractors, everyone that kind of helps me along the the way with things. It's like, it's the best I felt. And I feel like from a, um, I don't know what they, they say, like your your chronological age, and I, I just even though the the number is getting up there, I'm like 36. I, I feel great.
0: There is there is a I guess I don't mean to put words in your head in your mouth, but a sense of urgency in terms of can you pull up that sure dog thing again? So you hear people like Oliveira who went like whatever nine fights without getting a title fight, or you have Leon Edwards with nine now, and you have these guys. I mean, so so make that smaller so i can even see more wins um, if you took out the jeremy stevens it's like i don't know how many fights it is it's one two three four five six can you scroll down more oh sorry okay, okay right there that's good okay now go back the other way from john tuck one two three four oh no from there one two three four five six you would be on it and keep going all the way it would be a seven fight win streak and so at 36, do you feel like, okay, I just, you, you cannot lose or it'll be, you, the, the chance for a title shot will, will be gone?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I'm all in. Like I, I even felt like this going back to my, my regional. I was getting older. And so I was like the number one prospect in the UFC. I, I almost got on the Ultimate Fighter twice. I almost, got into the UFC a few times, but they always kept saying win one more, win one more. Um, So I got to the point where I was like, man, screw this. I was fighting guys that were all UFC vets. I was fighting guys with like 40 fights and I'm like, I only have six pro fights. Um, And so I I got to the point, if I would have lost, I would have been done, you know, but my, my, also my only goal was to get to the UFC. I got offered to fight in other promotions. I only wanted to fight in the UFC because it's the biggest, best platform out there. And you know, I, I wanted to be a world champion in the UFC and I'm getting closer. So I, I do feel that way. You know, I feel like my career, I, I have, who knows, five, six years. You see these guys fighting into their, their early to mid forties now. And, and I feel like I can do that. Um, just cause I, I live a healthy lifestyle. Even my, my mom was an, or she is a naturopath. So I, I grew up, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. Now at the time as a kid, I was like, mom, why can't we have this? Why can't I have this in the, in the house? You know, sodas or, you know, processed stuff. Um, but I'm grateful for it. You know, I never went to the doctor unless I needed a an x-ray or a physical for a sport. Um, so I, I've lived this way my whole life. And my wife is on another level with like <laughs> food. So it's like it just, it just helps me in general. I've been enjoying myself, as you can see, for the last like three weeks. I don't think I've ate a healthy meal. Um, <laughs>
0: I bet you your unhealthy meals are 10 times healthier than the average American's
1: meal. Yeah. That's what I was I thinking think too. <laughs> I go kind of crazy.
0: Um, you you were saying that you were considering uh, maybe, I, I heard you on the Mark Bell podcast, by the way, uh, him and uh, what's his partner's name? Oh, Ensema. Ensema, Him and Ensema are amazing. Great podcast, by the way. You, you were fantastic on it. I, I was awesome. glad to be able to watch it before you came on. Um, you mentioned that you were, there was a time you were thinking about retiring and your wife said, um, go another year. Like she, tell me about your relationship with her and like having someone who believes in you, especially it sounds like you had a, a rough childhood and that, um, that maybe there weren't a lot of people who believed in you.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, it's great. My, like my wife is my number one supporter and, and she's, the reason why like I'm, I'm here. Like I, I literally couldn't do it without her. Like I get all the recognition or not recognition. I don't really need it, but everyone's always like, you know, Oh, Josh, I, eyes on me. It's like, I should pass that spotlight, put it on her. You know what I mean? Cause I, I wouldn't be here. She helped me through everything. She's been there since the beginning and it's uh, yeah, like I, I like I was saying, I was going to hang up the gloves and be done because I felt like I'm trying to chase this dream of mine. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to chase this dream of mine because I want to get in the UFC. And then I'm like, I'm going to be a world champion. She believed in me. Um, and when when it got to the point where, you know, I beat Christos Yagos, he was uh, he was a UFC vet. He was coming, you know, he was trying to work his way back to the UFC. And, and I fought him in, in West Coast Fighting Championship. It was for my lightweight title. I was a champion over there. And, and I, I gave him his first knockout. And then I thought that was going to lock me into getting in the UFC for sure. And then I heard that, hey, just win one more fight. So I was like, man, I'm done with this.
0: Who I'm do gonna, you hear that? Who do you hear that from? Your manager that UFC tells your manager that?
1: No, it was Dana White um, talking to you oh. and, and some of my my management team, you know. Damn. Saying, win one more fight. So I was like, I'm never getting in the UFC and I'm getting older. I felt bad that, you know, we, <laughs> we've been struggling my entire, like our entire relationship my whole life. And so I I just felt bad. I was like, man, I need to go get a normal job because she's like along for the ride. And it's like, we're living in our best friend's uh, bedroom that, man, (laughs) I I just have so many people I'm I'm grateful for because I wouldn't be here without them. Like our best friends, like we lived with them because he, they know how dedicated I was and, and, and believed in me as well. So they're like, after college, just moving with us. Um, you know, pursue fighting because my, my buddy was playing, he was playing in college football and his father passed away. And so he had to come back and take care of his, his sister. Uh, he would have got drafted to the NFL for sure, because there was guys that started under him and uh they're playing in the NFL now. So he would be, but he's a super humble guy. And uh I think he just not regrets or anything, but I think he just knows what it, what it's like to be in that position. And it's like, like I said earlier, if you're riding open the gym, I want to be fighting. But going back to my wife, she was just, when I, I said, I'm done, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm never going to get into the UFC. She's like, let's just give it one more year. If, if nothing happens, we'll kind of reevaluate and, and see what we have to do next. And, and so I kept training and luckily I did because then I got, I got the call on four day notice, you know, and I, I was in good shape and, I literally flew across the world to Amsterdam and, you know, fought a tough John Tuck, um, on a four day notice. And, you know, it's
0: that, that, that's your UFC debut, right?
1: Yeah. And, and I had that compound fracture and, Bone sticking out of the finger, I had to hide that from the ref so I can continue to fight because they would have they would have stopped the fight and I would have lost and there was nothing. Um, So,
0: so before you get too far ahead, I want I want to just say one thing. People, do you see this? Um, There was there was nothing easy about the path you almost have the same exact thing that, um, it's, it's funny. I have a very similar path. I was fucking just into, into photography and video and filming. And I was a workaholic and I would go anywhere and work anywhere for free and do anything. And I basically had to live with my, with my girlfriend, you know, for free for years or live in a car or or whatever. But, but she could tell, like, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't an alcoholic. I was a workaholic. And I had passion and I was a good person and I would, and I pursued my dreams and she stayed with me through the whole thing and believed in me. It's crazy what it means when someone believes in you. And now, now we're fucking set for life. That's awesome. But, but, but I mean, she, but, but when I was 36, I was grinding. Oh my God, I was grinding. It was like, I never thought I'd own a home. Now I'm 49. I have four homes, nicest homes, like in some nicest real estate in the world. It's like, but I did what you did. And I had people who cared about me, who would let me stay in their house, who would like, I wouldn't have enough money for food. They buy me my meals every single day because, I, but I was grinding and, 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 and I, I implore you, those of you out there who have means, don't think you're doing shit. You give the money to people who, you know, you can support the kid who works, who's, who's parking valet at the local hotel, who's extra good and always treats your wife. Nice. Give him the tip don't reward the homeless guy who's on heroin please the the guy who's playing his flute on the side of the street give him the money support you know send a check to your favorite fighter you can you can reward people with your dollars who are working hard and with your love and your kindness and okay sorry sorry tangent so <laughs> um so how does she know what's your what's your wife's name Vanessa Vanessa how does she, why do you think she um uh, and, and then I want to, and then I want to talk about Tuck. Um, why do you think she believed in you? And what's that look like to you when someone believes in you?
1: Yeah. It means, it means the world to me. It's like, uh, I think she just sees how hard I work and, and just how passionate I am about like it, it, like our future and stuff. And I keep saying like, I'm doing this not because like, I, I don't like to fight, you know, who, who the hell likes to get hit in the face and stuff. Like I don't like <laughs> to fight. It's uh like, I a hundred percent, I say it all the time because people are like, Oh, I, like I would fight even if I wasn't getting paid, you know, I just want to be the best in the world. Like I want it, I'm doing it strictly for the money. Um, and, and I'm good at it, you know, but, and I'm doing it to set up like my, my family and my, you know, my mom and, you know, just friends. I, I have a huge group of friends and, and that's one thing that you can talk about character. You know, anybody that actually knows me, my friends or family, you know, there's some people that they're like, I can't count on my hand how like if I needed something I I don't have enough fingers or toes to count how many people if I called someone they would be there in a heartbeat wow do anything no questions asked because they know I would do the same thing like I if someone said hey Josh meet me here I'll be there in a heartbeat I'm not asking hey what should I wear um (laughs) and so I I have a huge man a huge group of friends that I've, I've been with the whole time that I'm so close to and um yeah, it's it's just another thing. My, my, my wife, she's, she's the best. Like I, I literally, she keeps me on, on track and schedule and I'm just, I fight just so I can provide for them. And and just the things that like you're talking about, like I want to get into some businesses. I want, you know, multiple homes. I want, you know, real estate so much, so much for us. And this is just a, you know, just a, a small little thing that, to, to help get me there. You know what I mean? The, the better right. I do in fighting, the better everything will, that I'm a part of will do.
2: And Earlier so, when you were talking about how you don't really feel nervous before the fights, do you feel the pressure of everybody that believes in you that, that wants to be there? Is there a pressure there or is it just a, a belief for regardless win or lose and, and you feel secure uh, about that?
1: Yeah. It, I, I put so much pressure on myself. I'm, I'm the, I'm my hardest critic, no matter what, um, yeah. but all my friends and family, like, I know I know for a fact that they'll be there regardless win or lose but me personally I would feel like it, it, if I lost I would just feel like I let them down I would I would want to just go like <laughs> you know I wouldn't want to see anyone but that that wouldn't be the case but i i would just uh yeah I would just it would just be hard that it's just losing is the only thing that I don't know it just and i and I know you have to lose and fail and stuff like that and trust me like I've tasted defeat. I know what it feels like to lose. I hate Not it. Not
0: a lot. Not very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Not I'm just very saying much. other like, sports or stuff like that. So the whole time when people would always say, oh, you, you got to lose, and then you learn from it. Like, I, I wanted to go undefeated. I wanted all these things. I, I was like, I know what it feels like to lose. I don't want to, especially in a fight, you know, you leave, lose in a wrestling match. It's like, okay, someone... One by points. In my mind, I was always thinking, if I was throwing punches, you wanted to beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you watch the fights last night by the way? The Fury three grappling?
1: Yeah, I did. I uh okay. my buddy was on I was actually supposed to be on that. They they asked me um Tuesday. Yeah, no, it was Monday, Monday afternoon. Hey, you wanna you wanna go up against someone? I was like, Yeah, sure. So they were gonna pay me. I was gonna hop on a plane Tuesday, make weight Wednesday at, like I said anything between one seventy and one eighty, I'm good. Um <laughs> but yeah, for whatever reason in the, the chain of command through the UFC, they didn't approve my match. I don't know. Ah, oh,
0: Wow. That would have, been, out that there would have, have been my next question. Okay. Uh, before we get distracted on fury, um, where were you going with that? About, what was the question? Susa? do you remember he was talking about,
1: uh, I think yeah, it's just the support and the belief of like my, my right. friends and family. And that's the same thing with all my coaches and my, my, my friends, my close friends and family. Like, they believe in me because they they see how hard I work. They, it, I don't know. It's you just have to see. Like I, I have this big group of friends, and it's like we we've been friends forever, 15, 20 <laughs> years. I have friends that you know, my best friends. I was in like grade school with still that I talk to, and and you don't see a whole lot of that with people.
0: And yeah. you thrive under pressure. Love it, <laughs> love it. Yeah, me too. It's <laughs> weird. Like I hate it, yeah. but all my best. It's like how can you hate it when all your best shit. Like nothing ever happened when you weren't under pressure. Right.
1: And and that's the thing. Like I, I even, sometimes it's like, even in wrestling or, or, or fights, you know, I want to fight the best because it brings out the best and, and not saying if you're fighting someone that's not as good as you, not saying you like stoop down to their level, but in a right. sense, you know, if, if I fight mm-hmm. the best of the best or I, or I was wrestling the best of the best, that's when I'll have the best matches. But I, I, I wrestle someone that's mediocre. It's like, maybe it looks sloppy, you know?
0: yeah um do you know who you're fighting next no because uh, i i mean i you would you fight any of those dudes I, I, like yeah. if they were like hey um is gonna fight um holloway and we want you to be the backup would you cut weight <laughs> and be ready for that oh we lost your audio
1: we lost it your- How oh, can you hear me now yep better yeah no i'm saying yeah they, they already know my answer you don't even have to just tell me just send me my my flight itinerary and i'll be there um, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and, and do all of these guys in this group want to fight volkanovsky
1: i i think so and I, but i think everyone's everybody's fought towards the top you know what i mean like right. they've all fought each other and of course they do. who doesn't want to fight for the title and it's like I want to do that because not only is the, the money that much larger, like, and, and that's why I want to do it so I can secure, you know, a bag for my, my family and friends. It's like, I really, I don't give a damn about a belt. Like I would be that person that doesn't bring it anywhere. You know, I, 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 you'll never catch me with a belt on my shoulder at any event unless like the UFC hands it to me at the Um, (laughs) weigh-ins. I don't know. I, I'm just that way. Like even on the regional scene, I would see people walking around with their belts. I had two, you know, but they're they're somewhere in my storage. Like as soon as I got them, you know, I in the attic or storage. Like I'll never.
0: You want there. the knockout and the money?
1: Yeah, that's all I want.
0: Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't mean to just be stroking you here, but like. You you really need to fight uh, Holloway or Volkanovsky, I feel like because these other guys we've all seen, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, they've all beat up on each other already.
1: And don't like, get me wrong; they're the they're the best in the world. They're there for a reason. But it's like
0: I don't want to see you fight Calvin Cater. I mean, not I mean not not the, I do want to see it, but I don't want to see it the next fight. I don't I don't really want to see you um, fight uh, Korean Zombie now. I'd rather like like I feel like I feel like Ortega Yair um zombie and cater have had their chance and i feel and 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 i know that you respect the fact that volkanovsky's the champ i think that they're both champions it's hard for me to take anything away from max i mean it's like fucking nuts that that, they they need to have two 145 pound classes i mean it's just it's bizarre that those two guys are in the same class
1: yeah yeah no i agree you know max is he's one of the greats too he's the best I, i think it's just stylistically for whatever reason uh, Volkanowski just kind of has his number, but th- the first fight was unanimous decision. But then the second flight was such a close fight, you know, it's like you could see it going either way. And so I'm excited to see the, this third one, you know, and just kind of solidify, um, you know, really who has their number. But then what happens, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a coin flip. They're, they're both so damn good.
0: Um, You're a visual learner. Sorry, damn, we only have you for three more minutes.
1: We're, we're good, man. I, you're good.
0: Okay. Uh, if you got to go, you just say, don't let me. No, we're good. Okay. Um, you're a visual learner. You see someone do something. And um, do you think like you could teach yourself? Like I hear about people teaching themselves jujitsu just on YouTube. Like you can do that?
1: Yeah, I can do that. If, if I see something, like I, I can mimic it uh, really well um, at, at, as a, like a young child, I, I taught myself how to swim. I was, I was one of those ones that was on like the edge of the pool, you know, just holding on. Um, it, it I don't even know how old I was. I have to ask my mom, but she said I was really young. I would sit there and, uh, and, and even at the time I was kind of, uh, you know, seeking the the adrenaline and excitement. I remember, I really young. I, I must have been like one or two. I had water wings, and then she she couldn't find me. She saw me on the high dive, like jumping off and a you know, watering coming off. But anyways, going back to that, I, I was on the edge of a pool.
0: Hey, that sounds so Sacramento in the in the fucking <laughs> eighties yeah, and nineties. That's so Sacramento. Those of you guys know Sacramento. Yeah, not, the,
1: not the small dive or the high dive. You know,
0: uh, <laughs> Sacramento's fucking. <laughs> 20 years it, it reminds it's the california's midwest okay go on sorry <laughs>
1: um yeah and so so i would just see these kids like swimming underwater and i'm just watching them while i'm on the edge of the pool and then i just decided like push off and try to copy and then before you know it i'm swimming and then i'm like hey mom look i can swim like i, I must have been man so young even with watching uh or riding a bike i was watching kids like pedaling and i had training r- wheels and then i just remember our house had like a, a steep driveway. I just remember picking up my older brother's bike and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to give this a, <laughs> you know, give it a shot. And then before you know it, I'm, I'm going down and I'm just pedaling. And, and I was super young too. So it doesn't sound that, that like great now, but if, if I ask my mom how old I was, like it, it's, it's different. Like cause kids aren't riding bikes or swimming that young, you know, just by watching some other kids do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I can do the same thing with like, Really, anything. I, I played all sports, and you know, I'm I'm a really athletic guy, and I I can do things. Really, tell me well. when you
0: say all sports. What what, what do you, what do you mean? Soccer?
1: Uh, yeah. When when I was younger, I, I probably played a, a lot of things, but then, uh, yeah, I, I played soccer. I, I played football. I, I wrestled. Baseball. Uh, really, yeah. Basketball. Did, did you did you do gymnastics? I did, and, and that's that's one of the things too. I did acrobatics. So I, uh, my my mom had.
0: normal people do gymnastics. If you're going to be a UFC fighter, you do gymnastics. Just like, I bet you there's a correlate between fighters and steep hills in their front, in their their street. (laughs) You probably all learn how to ride a bike going down a steep
1: hill. Okay. Acrobatics. uh, You know, my, my brother and I had to uh, pick a sport. And so my brother picked Taekwondo and then I was going to do that, but we, we fought all the time at home and, you know, he was beating me up and stuff. So then she, she didn't want that because she thought we would be fighting in Taekwondo class, which we probably would have. So since he was older, <laughs> we got to do that. And then my mom said, I couldn't do it. And I, was, I was so upset at the time. I must've been like first grade or something. Um, and so she, she's like, we have to find you another sport. And then she found me acrobatics. I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it was just, it was just, tumbling. she got you a pink tutu. Put
0: this
1: on us. <laughs> it, it wasn't gymnastics though. So it was just four exercises. So, uh, we, uh, yeah. So I did that. And, and, and I think that a lot of my, um, you know, strength and success comes from that. Like, you know, I was, I was tumbling at a young age and, and I was going to all these regional and national, uh, competitions too. And, and there'd be like two of us or four of us. And I was like the little guy, they'd throw up and I was doing all these flips and stuff. But as like third grader, I had, you know, a six pack and I was just a ripped little kid. Um, and so I, I think that helped a ton with my balance and all that and just was like a, a foundation to everything I, I, I've done where it comes from like most sports I've played and I can do well, but I excelled at wrestling. And and I, in high school, I was playing football, wrestling, and I was going to play baseball too. But at the time, I just wanted to kind of hang out. So I, I just went to football and wrestling. And then uh, my junior and senior year, I just focused solely on on wrestling. And, and now as I'm older, I'm like, I re- regret that. But you know, as wait, as, as, why now, do you regret that? Well, just cause I, I wanted to play multiple sports at the time. Oh. So I just want to hang out with friends, you know, but. <laughs> you get What's it.
2: the difference between you and your uh, older, bro- older brother?
1: Uh, he he would have been, he, he passed away last year. Um, uh, but yeah, it was uh, like four years. It, it, did he pass away from substance abuse? Uh, he was murdered
0: oh my goodness you have two potential murders in your in your man this is like and, and this wow. is out of set this is mo- unfortunately this part isn't funny this that's more more typical uh sacramento talk too
1: man yeah and i was yeah it was just it was, it was a tough time in it and i i talked about it like during fight week but i i i couldn't talk about this because it's like man it, it just hurt so bad like yeah you know yeah it was just and that's one of the things I've, I've always been, I, I just like bundle things up and I, I don't, I'm not one to like really express myself or talk about it. And I know that's mm-hmm. bad, but I just, always, is it
0: bad? They say but, it's bad. Maybe it is bad. I don't know, but they yeah, say it's bad.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's why I, I, where I've heard that, you know, I, I, uh, I just, that's just not me. Like I'll never ask for anything either. Like it's in my mom knows that my wife knows that, like, even if I'm, I don't have it dime in my account and I'm I'll figure out a way to pay for things. Like I'm never going to ask some, like, it's just hard for me. I, I it's hard for me to say no, but then it's, I, I won't ask people for anything. Even if I need help, you know, I, I, that's just me. What
0: awesome. do you think about people who do ask for stuff?
1: I think it's okay depending on what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it depends. Like, I guess every situation and scenario would be different. Um,
0: Dude, you yeah. don't have any kids, huh?
1: No, we don't. We're we're like some of the, <laughs> we're the only ones out of all of our friends that don't have kids. You know, I have nephews, I have godchildren from our, our best friends. And um, how old's your wife? She's 35. That was always the plan five years ago. She wanted to have, you know, we wanted to have kids when she's 30, but then it's like life goes on so fast. And and at this moment, it's like, we're constantly dude. talking about it. We're like, dude, we, we don't I'm, have I'm,
0: my wife had her first kid when she's 39 I, I i if you get 10 10 free minutes in your life you and your wife should go through my instagram my wife had our first kid when she's 39 i was like 42 or 43 then she had twins at like 42 or 43 oh, wow. and i was like 45 all natural just from just like you know just fucking while watching game of thrones you know <laughs> what i mean on the couch and um and, uh, we never wanted to have kids and we never wanted to get married, but we did. And, and, and dude, like I wouldn't, I would implore you a healthy guy like you, who's got the natural path, mom, wait as long as you can. And your, and sure. I've seen your wife, I, 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 I actually went to your wife's Instagram account and looked at the pictures <laughs> and she's fine too. She can, she's good. Like just keep sure. eating right. Um, keep training, keep doing you do. There's tons of time and all this shit that people are like, Oh, but I want to play with my kids. Hey, I still play. I can't play six hours of Frisbee on the beach with my kids. Like I used to, like I wanted to, but I can play 30 minutes and I can, um, but, but (laughs) there's no better five hours than me sitting in a lawn chair on the beach and watching my kids. I swear it's as good as playing with them.
1: That's awesome. Like, so exactly what you're talking about. That's, that's our, our and my team. kids
0: are leaving the dream. I drive a, you, dude, you'll be great as a retired UFC fighter, driving a minivan, driving your kids from soccer to <laughs> jujitsu. It's great. And it, because you're a visual learner, you probably love watching people move, right? Yeah. 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 I just sit there and watch my kids move all day. I just love watching them move. It's and awesome.
1: Snacks and I'll, it'll be great. But that's yes. our, our thought process. Like my, my wife is so healthy. I feel like I'm, I'm a healthy guy, but, um, we're like, you know, we, we've seen everything we just got to the, the point a few years ago where we can actually, we, we love our life and, and we don't have the luxury of like, I, I know our parents would, you know, my mom would help out if she could here and there, her parents would, but we don't want to, we don't want to rely on that. Uh, my wife has a good job that she loves her job right now. You know, I, I'm like trying to, you know, chase greatness and achieve something for us. So it's like, we know we do not want kids in the next like few years. But we also we don't want to like not say we don't ever want kids. We're just like we want to enjoy our love life. We we love to travel and I and I don't care what anyone says. Like it wouldn't be the same with kids. We we experience no. It's not
0: the same when you have uh, kids. When you have kids, Josh Emmett will die.
1: And (laughs) they they,
0: they, I know it sounds scary, but it's actually kind of cool. Like Sevon Matosian died. And there is no more me, and it's just about my kids. And and you start life over again. It's kind of weird. I was like you. I was with my life. We were w- with my wife. We were cruising, we were living the dream. Had all all more money than we could spend. Life was easy. We both just worked our asses off. We'd bought a house. We never even moved into it. We still lived in a shitty four hundred square foot apartment because we we're too busy just living our lives. And and then you have kids, and the whole thing starts over again. Like everything. Like it's nuts. I, I but don't feel rushed at all. You're I. I see you at 36 and being like, okay, he's on perfect pace. He's got seven more years
1: till he has his first kid and yeah. say, and
0: it sounds like your wife and you said your wife's 35.
1: Yeah. She's 35. She'll be 36. You know, the beginning of the year, I'll be 37. Um, yeah, but yeah, good. I'm telling you, I, I'm like, she's so healthy. Like she, she eats better than I do. Like,
0: yeah, she is.
1: It's like, it, it's, it's crazy, you know? And, uh, yeah, she's way better than I do. I, I just, I eat on her level only during like an eight to 10 week camp. Cause I have to.
0: Right. Um, how many times, um, c- could you fight in 2022?
1: It, it, like I want to fight as much as I can. Like I, I want to be as consistent as possible. Um, but it also depends now that I'm getting higher in the rankings. It's, it, I think it gets a lot tougher because, you know, just cause I want to fight a few people in front of me. I want to fight for the title. Um, so it it just depends, but on the regional scene and, and early in the UFC, I, I was fighting as much as I could. You know, I, I think when I made my featherweight debut, what
0: does that mean? Give give me like uh, as much as you could. Months. Every two months, two three um,
1: months. I was fighting, uh, like even for West Coast, I was fighting every three months. Every time they had a show, I was I was on the thing just because I was trying to make money and and you know get my record a little better and stuff like that. Um, Even when I made my featherweight debut, I, I think I fought like. I think I fought three times in, um, I don't know, like a four month period. I fought in October, December, and February, you know? Um, and then I had that, that, that hiccup, you know, in February against Stevens. Um, but if I would have won that, I would have turned around and fought again, you know, a few months later. I was just, I just try to (laughs) fight as much as I can. And as long as I'm healthy, you know, so now
0: there's a game you're playing, I guess you don't want to f- you're you're within striking of the belt and so you why risk fighting a guy who could get a lucky punch in below you and set yourself back
1: but that's my career like look at my last four fights i fought people everyone's behind me and it's a huge risk but i'm you know i'm i'm banking and, and betting the house on myself you know um, but now i'm getting really close to where i want to be so i want my My next fight to be for a title eliminator, or like you said, if there's some something that happens, I need to just get back in the gym, and I I will next week, just in case something happens, because you never know with this sport.
0: Right.
1: You know, (laughs) if I'm not close to weight, because I'm never close to weight, but if if I can get to a place where I know I can make the weight, and something happens, like I'll I'll take any opportunity there that presents itself to me.
0: How much do you weigh right now? The Josh Emmett we're just staring at,
1: like hundred, probably hundred eighty, hundred seventy
0: nine. Oh man, you hold it well. Holy cow! <laughs> um, this guy, uh, Dylan Vowell, is an, an amateur fighter. Huge fan of the show. Dylan, thanks for the the four ninety nine. I'm going to spend that this afternoon on coffee. Uh, <laughs> your uh, Josh, your first pro fight was relatively later in life. Did you hear any concern from others that maybe it's too late for you to make it?
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, you're always going to hear like the naysayers and doubters. And that's the reason why they're going to, they are where they are, you know, they'll continue to be on online tweeting stuff or sending you stuff or, you know, (laughs) you know, just doing stuff from the couch. They won't ever make it. Uh, But yeah, no, of course I, I was, I think I had my first amateur fight when I was like 26 or 27, but, um,
0: wow wow and 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 had you ever even fought in anyone before then in your life
1: no like like you know little things here and there or like scuffles not not like a a fight just standing there fighting somebody um
0: you'd never been in a two-minute fight before then no it was it was just like a bar fight
1: or just a playground fight or something yeah yeah, something little things like that parking (laughs)
0: lot someone took your mom's parking spot and they had to
1: (laughs) you had to tune them up real quick exactly but nothing nothing like yeah if i i just i just knew i could do well at it so yeah of course i heard that and then you what know, do you I, mean
0: I, you knew you could do well at it how like how do you know don't you have to get punched in the face to know that like
1: how well, do I, you know i like i've boxed i've done i've trained mma i've sparred I've, I've done everything you know okay i don't know i just i i just really felt like i could just like I was saying, going back to the wrestling, like when I lost a match, okay, I lose by a few points. I'm like, man, if I was, if we were fighting, you went in a one. Like, I don't know. I just feel like my my physical and natural abilities. I, I don't know. I just, I had that belief uh, from a young age, and, and even when I was a, like a young child, there was only two things I ever wanted to do, and that was be a police officer or I wanted to be a pro athlete. And and but I was thinking about um, playing in you know, the NFL or NBA. And then like, I always say, I, I, I got a little older and I stopped growing. And so that was, out, definitely. Out <laughs>
0: <laughs> how tall are you? You're five, seven.
1: Yeah. I'm like five, a little, little over five, seven. It, it, it's funny. Cause when I made my debut in the UFC, the only time they measured me, they actually measured me. I was five, eight. I'm like just under five, eight. And, uh, and then each fight, like they didn't measure me. They, my, my, Height keeps getting lower and lower. Then I was five <laughs> mean, like, seven.
2: They shave I bought, an inch when off.
1: When I bought in uh, Sacramento, I think they announced me as like five six now. <laughs> like, million, like, <laughs> I love it. Uriah's five six. I'm not, I'm taller than him, you know, so it's just funny. So I, I, I don't care. It's like, net maybe my next fight i'll be five five and a half or something
2: (laughs) it's so
0: funny when i see uriah on tv i'm like man that motherfucker's small and then i see he's five six and he's actually taller than me so i'm like ah, shit (laughs) i'll stay stay behind a microphone in a chair (laughs) oh my goodness um christian leon what does conditioning look like leading up to a fight during the period of intensification always been curious by conditioning you mean like the workouts christian i assume
1: yeah. But, but yeah, even, even that. So I, I stay in top shape. Like I, I do so much. Um, you know, I, I work with my, my strength coach, Darren, I, you know, year round and, uh, I've done a lot of different stuff. Like I actually owned a CrossFit gym before. Okay. Uh, you did. It, what was the name of it? Uh, it was movement CrossFit in Sacramento and it was M V M N T. Uh, okay. yeah. So I, I, I've been in like the, the cool. CrossFit community for, you know, quite a while. I, I, I started, man, let's see. I started doing like sports specific training and, and CrossFit style stuff. And, in in like 2007, then I, like I was saying, I went away to college. I came back and, uh, I would, I was at a CrossFit gym for a while. Then, you know, my wife and I were partners of this other gym and then it just wasn't working out well. So like, is that
0: how you guys met? Did you and your wife meet in a gym?
1: No, no, we, oh, oh. You know, we met like in jail <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were high school, high school, sweetheart. So, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've been together for a long time but it's uh going back to the, the CrossFit stuff it's like my my friends at the time or not at the time my friends they were uh we were all running the gym so we just opened our own in 2013 and um yeah it was, it was awesome so I've always done similar to like you know high intensity workouts I was doing CrossFit stuff but then more sport specific and then I've done like I've done everything French contrast training but now I just work on like you know, speed, agility, I do some like power couplets and then just like finish with some like conditioning. My, um, my old business partner and and now coach, he just, you know, he, he went to school for, you know, kinesiology, exercise science. He, he just programs everything and I just follow it to the T and, and one of my business partners and friends, Jay Nationalis, he was another, like, he's helped me so much throughout my entire career as well. And, um, just over the last, like, you know, year and a half because of COVID, he was really busy. Um, he works at one of the high schools, Jesuit, and he's like their strength coach and stuff. So he just kind of had to step back and focus on that. But, uh, yeah, those guys helped me so much in my, just my career, you know, in general. So that, that's kind of my, I don't even think I answered the guy's question, but just, um, I do so much. I also do running and and a lot of endurance stuff, just get my weight down. and. and and I'll have a a great gas tank. You know, people are like, Oh, he's breathing out of his mouth. He's tired. I always breathe out of my mouth. My nose is so screwed up. I can't breathe through my nose at all. Um, but I will never get tired in a fight. I can always match or beat people's gas tanks.
0: Um, do you do all the machines? Do you do like that? The ERG where you pull down? Do you do like the, you do the rower? you do the assault bike, you do all that shit.
1: Yeah. It just depends. What's like, if it's like in some, like, but I but
0: I mean throughout the week, like all those machines touch your body.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whether I'm warming up on some or or burning out on some, yeah, for sure. And you and you run too. I, I run. That that's one thing that I've always I've always done. You know, it's uh, so I can get the weight down, get my legs strong, and and I'll stay in like a fat burning zone. Uh, it's the most boring thing, but I would do that even if I do two to three workouts a day, no matter what, Monday through Saturday. I'm on the treadmill for one hour in my fat burning zone. Um, at the end of the night.
0: Um, one hour. Are you on one of those treadmills where you
1: like the 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 one where it's like treadmill? No. Nope. <laughs> you do the motorized one. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Fat, an I hour. Just, I just do that just because it's it's so boring. It's it's in my garage at home. So I have a little garage with bags and you know, some weights and a treadmill. And it's like the the garage door is literally like right in front of the treadmill. So you know, I I stare at that, that garage door for seven hours and I'm just going over fights in my head, visualizing it, uh, listening to some music. So damn boring, but yeah, it's just, you have to do, you know, you, I have to do it.
0: Um, it's interesting. You either have severe mental illness and your training is curing you (laughs) <laughs> or your training is going to cause severe mental illness. you I don't I don't know which one it is. It is. Um, there was a CrossFit Games athlete, Miko Salo. I don't know if you remember him. He won the yeah. Games CrossFit Games, and um, I went and visited him and did a, a piece on him in 2009, I think, in uh, Finland. And he used to row in a closet. Yeah, that storage wow. unit. <laughs> yeah. Storage unit. And, just and, he would, the he would, and he would row in there basically same thing. Like you said, he would row in there for like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour every day. And he just said it was just built mental toughness.
1: Oh, I it. And not
0: <laughs> only that, and, and, and Pacquiao was, is, would, is, that's his, I mean, I guess a lot of boxers, running's the, it's your we bread and butter, right?
1: Stuff. And you know, some people are like, oh, running doesn't get you you know, it doesn't help with fighting. I'm like, it'll help with my conditioning. Like I will never be tired. My legs are always strong. It's like the, the fight is easy. It's a, it's a potentially 15, maybe 25 minutes. I, I fought 25 minute fights multiple times on the regional scene. Cause I was a, a champion in an organization. I, I can go for 10, like even the Burgos fight, like I could have kept on going. We could have done another seven rounds, you know, and I would have been fine. Like I, I can go and go and I push myself to the brink and then I try to keep going. Because like I want to be exhausting and and I want to feel like I don't know I just, I just want to feel that in training because the the fight is so easy it's uh it's so easy I put in thousands of hours
0: <laughs>
2: so, I'm
1: telling you, I'm telling you I, I'd rather I, one week of my training and all the hours I put in if I want to do that or a fifteen minute fight I'll, I'll choose that 15, 25 minute fight
0: um, <laughs> How, how old your mom?
1: Uh, my mom's sixty eight.
0: Oh, how's her health
1: awesome she's super healthy like it <laughs> if uh wish i had a picture of her right re- a recent one but it's uh yeah no you think she's in her 50s you know
0: i could date her i'm 49 <laughs> <laughs> is, is your mom single
1: she is. um
0: the, the reason why i ask is one of the things about having kids that you don't ever think about but then when you have the kids it man it's a crazy gift to your parents Holy cow, when you have a kid, you're going to see this noose. You're going to see your mom different because all of a sudden you're going to be like. The, the the trip is, is that you love your kids so much that you're like, you can't believe another human being loved you that much. Like you think you know what love is. And then you have this kid and you're like, well, fuck, I jump in front of a train for this kid. And then you look at your mom and you be like, oh, my God, that's why my mom did all that shit. No It will just it, blow your brain. But what made me think of that also is she lost a son, man.
1: That's that's crazy, and, and that's, that's one of the things that it, man, it was so. so tough.
0: Oh, we lost your audio.
1: Oh, can you hear me now?
2: Yep, yeah, you're back.
1: Uh, twenty twenty, like I was saying, with COVID and all that was so tough. But then it's like my my brother, you know, lost his life, and then literally um, that was in September, and then the day before Thanksgiving, then my grandpa passed away, and that oh. was my mom's father too. And so it's just like that. Was, and, and i've been like there's a lot of people that if if you haven't been around death or you haven't experienced it it's i, I understand like the first time it, it's different i've been a lot of, around a lot of death like i've had you know friends die i've had like family members die before you know and then my father you know mo- a while ago in a tragic incident and then like my brother and then her father just seeing the the pain that the pain yeah it just mm-hmm. want like it hurt me bad. It was different. You know, it was, it was like a different type of pain. Just, I I can't even explain it. Like it just,
0: you mean watching your mom hurt was worse than being hurt yourself.
1: Uh, well, even me, just what I felt from the loss of my brother and then, and my grandpa, but then watching my mom and my family, what they're going through, it's that hurt so bad. And that, that's what, like I was saying, just motivated me and, and, and got me like, it, it, it just adds to, I have so much like,
0: man, you're not I, letting that shit go to waste. No, you're, not I, that, you're not letting, you're not letting that shit go to waste.
1: No, I, I set goals and I'm, I'm really goal oriented and, and I'm trying to do something t- to, to achieve something for everybody. And then that just, that just like, you know, <laughs> sparks the fire even more. It's like pouring gas on the fire. I just, uh, I can't, I just watching all that. It just, I bundled all that up again, like I always do, and it just like and it just, it motivated me to like get up and, and I'm going through this knee injury and rehab and all this type of stuff. And, and that's still nothing, you know, it's, it's nothing to see what my mom was going through and the pain that she went through and, and myself and, and family. It was, uh, it was just, it's hard to describe. I, I and, and I, and I didn't talk about this for so long. It, it was like, uh, yeah, almost two years, two years. That was 2020 it was 2022. So, or 2020, Yeah, I was like 18 months again, or a little longer, you know, and I, I just kind of kept all that inside and just kept, you know, just working every day, working every day. And, and it made me want to push harder and harder and harder, you know? I'm so
0: happy to hear you say all this. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my God, so-and-so died. I'm going to get into heroin and drink myself into the ground. Nah, I ain't doing
1: that. And there's two ways that things can go, you know? You yeah. Know, yep. I saw this like, not a meme, but this thing. And it was like, there was these two brothers and it was, uh, this guy was like an alcoholic or dramatic and then this guy was a successful guy and the top was because my father was an alcoholic you know and not saying that for me but i'm just saying in general like there's always ways that you can approach things and even my my older brother when i was a young kid he was he was into a lot of bad stuff and like he he was a drug dealer and all these type of things and he almost he got who wasn't who uh, wasn't yeah multiple altercations and things like like just bad bad stuff you know with people holding like Held at gunpoint and all these uh, types of stuff. Uh, what what uh,
0: drug? What drug did he deal?
1: Everything. What drug didn't he do? You know. Okay. That's the,
0: yeah. As soon as you get out of weed and the guns show up, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna go back to weed. Now, that
1: was at Like a young age, and then <laughs> got older in life, it was just uh, you know, like drug of choice, meth and stuff like that. Yeah, and, that, that one's scary. Horrible. Horrible drug. Um, but it's man, it's I don't even know where I was going with you.
0: Were basically saying there's two ways you could but, go.
1: Yeah, and to, that's the thing. With I, I your like, misery along a young age, basically everything that he did. And don't get me wrong. He was, he was a great person, a genuinely a good person, but he just had a bad, bad addiction that he couldn't break. Yep. Um, and, and so I did the opposite because even then I saw the pain my mom was going through with like, mm. you know, it's her son and he's staying out late. She's like freaking out because he's not coming home. That's when he's like 13, you know? And so I just remember that as a young kid wow. watching that- and that's why I wanted to be a, a police officer because I, I I learned that too. It's like the, the cops were always at our house. I'd see all the, the stuff that my mom would go through. And, you know, my brother was a 5150. And like every time I would come home from school or something, like I didn't want to leave the house because I felt like I had to try to stay there to protect my mom just because I would come home, guns drawn. And I'm like freaking out that something happened to my mom. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was just tough. But that, that's like, that molded me into who I am. And I wanted to be a cop because I wanted to help families going through the same type of stuff that I was going through. You know, um, do you
0: think you would ever become a cop still just for fun? Like you retire for five years, you retire from the UFC, you're kicking it and you're like, fuck, what yeah. am I going to do with my time? Oh should, I'll just go to the police Academy.
1: I would do it. And that's one of the things I almost, I'm grateful. I went through uh the Sacramento police Academy and I, or not Academy, but, the hiring process, I was, I did everything. You know, I, I passed the oral boards. I, I was like, I scored the highest. I was waiting for a job offer. And then they had some budget cuts. So at the time they, you know, budget cuts. So they weren't hiring. So I was grateful. I didn't get in because I wouldn't be fighting. I would be a cop right now, you know? Um, Cause that's my goals in life, a cop or a pro athlete. And
0: hmm. I, It's such and a shame the way society has decided to treat cops. The rest of us need to like overcompensate for that. If you see a police officer today or any day, say hi, wave, smile. You guys like they're there to protect us. And and I think we have, we have a contract with the citizenry.
1: Yeah. Both (laughs) ways too. It's like, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, police officers or peace officers. And, um, it yeah, depends. you know there, there's a lot of good cops. You don't hear about it, but there's also a lot of shitty cops. You know, what yep.
0: I mean? hey, there's hey, there's more shitty people than there are shitty cops. You want you want to be a better fucking you want better cops, then we need to be better people in society. We're not gonna have like cops aren't like if five out of every ten people in society is a scumbag, then then don't expect more than five out of every ten cops to be a scumbag. Quit it. That's true. Like It <laughs> fucking start yelling at these moments. Uh, <laughs> is, is, is this true? Is this true? Connor McGregor doesn't run. Is that true? I have no
1: idea. There's a lot of people that don't. I, I,
0: are you I, are you tripping when you see him like on a on a big like gas out? Are you like holy shit? How is this dude gassing out? He's supposed to be the greatest. Because we do see him gas out a bunch.
1: Yeah, man. It's I don't know what his like training regimen looks like. That that's one thing with me too. I I, I can't talk on. Bad about people, especially I don't know them. You know, it's like I I, I don't know what what he's going through or what what his training regimen is. But it's uh or you just might of, be
0: genetically superior too. You might have just better lungs. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that, that is funny. That that is something that like I forgot about how you said that. I I've done like all the VO two testing. I've done like where they do the lactic acid testing. Take my blood every minute while I'm running. Um, I, I did it at the the Golden One Center. So it's the the Kaiser Sports uh, Medicine with someone they printed out my, like my, uh, just my results. And, and the lady was saying, by looking at like the paper and the printout from how I produce lactic acid and my, my oxygen levels and everything, she said, I would think you are a marathon runner. I would think mm-hmm. you're a tall, skinny marathon runner, you know, but then I possess
0: Diaz Diaz. <sighs>
1: yeah. So both worlds. Like I, I, I am explosive, you know, things like this. And, and I was telling like my heart rate is on another level too I can get my heart rate to like around like 195 plus and I can just maintain that mm-hmm. wow people can't like I'll get my hundred or my heart rate up in like the low 200s and I can just thrive in that area where people can't even get it up to like 180 you know so yeah. I, I, maybe right. <laughs> it, or 170 but maybe it is like I was just saying, I was like, I, I hope it's a good thing. I hope it's not a bad thing. I'm like, either it's <laughs> hope I don't have like some enlarged heart or, or something that's going to mess with me later in life. But, um, all the, all like the zones, like, you know, from like, uh, endurance conditioning, you know, fat burning, like mine, I have to get to a different level. So it's like, I have like the printout and everything. Like I'm like almost one or two, um, levels of bond uh, i have to pump it up like two notches on everything so it's like even endurance is the highest right or not the highest uh like high intensity would be I, i'm not even sure i'd have mm-hmm. to go.
0: basically you have eight gears a normal <laughs> yeah. human being has five you <laughs> have to like you have you have a, you have all these other gears that you have to get into Josh so you six,
2: got six <laughs> kind
1: of crazy and, and at one point when i would do my vo2 max it's like i i, I score like just like a few points like one and a half under lance armstrong like and he has a a, endurance for days and i'm not doing any uh anything i've been tested so many times by usada but i I feel like a lot of people still they're like they're always saying stupid stuff on the internet but i'm like whatever (laughs) man i'm I'm closer to getting my letterman's jacket for 50 clean tests in a row and (laughs) (laughs)
0: does that thing exist is there one of those
1: Yeah, when you get 50 clean tests in a row, you get a a, literally a Letterman's jacket that says you saw it, and on the back it says 50X. Like, I I have oh shit, oh shit, that's awesome. 25X, and it's uh, you know, I I got that like I think I have like 30 something, 35 tests in, you know, and CrossFit.
0: I think they um, you have to always tell them where you're at. I think there's two kinds of testing. There's testing where they they can, you have to always tell them where they're at and they can surprise you. And then you You can, you can be wrong like twice, not be there. And then there's another one where they give you 24 hours notice, but you have to be
1: there. So yeah. Which one do you guys do? uh, Everywhere. Uh, you saw it. So it's the United States Anti-Doping Association. So they
0: know where you're at right now. And like, we could be doing this podcast and we could hear a
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Josh,
0: <laughs> pull your dick out.
2: <laughs> we need you to pee in a cup. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, and then if, if there's two of them, then I know they're doing blood too. So they have the phlebotomist as well. But they, wow. yeah, I have an app. All the USC fighters do. We have to update it quarterly. And, and the thing is that they, they show up anywhere. So even if I'm like
0: – Oh, the app's tracking you so they see where you're at.
1: Well, you have to update it, but I don't think that, I don't think there's like a tracking <laughs> that they can see our GPS, but we have to update it. And so where we sleep, like where we're training, if you're working, where you work and you have to put it in because you have, they go to these locations. Um, and if you're not there, I think you can get two, if they can't find you or you go out of town, um, then it's like a no show and you get two of those in 365 days. If you, if you do more than two of those in a year, then you'll get a failed attempt. It'll just say you know it's a fail. It's the same thing as I think testing dirty, um, but it's like a six month, maybe maybe year suspension. So like if I'm going out of town, if we're gonna we're gonna go out of town next week just for a few days, like up the coast, my wife and I, it's like I have to go back into the app because I already have it for the quarter, but I have to put my hotel um, and the room number and everything that where we're going to be at and they can show up there, you know?
2: Yeah. Have they ever showed up at like five in the morning? Because one of my buddies who uh, competed in the Olympics over the, the last year said that they've showed up to sometimes at like super early in the morning.
1: Yeah. They, they, they do um, early ones. I, I think it's, I think now they can't come before six, okay. but I, I kind of know when,
2: how kind
0: of them. When,
1: when <laughs> that, yeah. When, and then that's simply when, when they do show up here and there just because then they can catch me it's easy I, I wake up and uh like even if i have to i get up and say it's like four o'clock i have to pee a lot now i have a like a thing like i'm like shit that's wait till at least six or six, 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 six. <laughs> so i'll check out like the the window first make sure no car is out there before i go because i've done that yeah. i've done that before where i you know i i pee in the morning and then it's like then i hear boom 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 I'm like shit
2: oh, like, do they just hang out and wait for shit. you to have to go again
1: yeah, they hang, they'll hang out until you have to go. Okay.
0: <laughs> what if? What if they came like at sick? What if they came like really early and you still got the morning wood? And you're like, hey, you better stand. And you're like, do one of those where you like got to push your penis down, and you're like this. And you're like, yo, yo, you better stand back.
2: You got to angle it off. You got to yeah. angle. It. <laughs> you're like trying to lean forward. You're like, I can't push it down anymore. Can I get a hand here? Yeah.
1: Not that <laughs> <happened>. <laughs> oh, yeah not that yet? <laughs> a little embarrassing, but. Um, <laughs>
0: Big old dollop of white shit comes out. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they, they come any any time, man. It's uh
0: I'm gonna work that word dollop into as many shows as I can. A dollop. <laughs> hey, um this is this is kind of flattering that this guy is watching the show, Chad Schroeder. He's probably he's one of the greatest analysts in the in the CrossFit space. He knows everything about CrossFit games athletes. Um, I don't know why he's not a commentator. He must not talk so good because his brain's full of all the shit. Um, the Burgos fight was insane. This, this guy's a true student of sports, by the way, Chad Schroeder. The Burgos fight was insane. So impressed with how you kept going after first round injury. What happened? I don't remember that.
1: Uh, in the first 19 seconds, I, I tore my ACL. In. Oh. Yeah, complete tear. And then I, I tore my MCL. Baker's cyst ruptured. Uh, my femur and tibia fractured because they, they hit together when the ACL snapped. That was 19 seconds into the first round the the fight.
0: And, and that's when I, I saw you say that when your ACL tore the, there's some sort of slamming of the femur and tibia that was so hard At that it fra-
1: it snapped and they just hit together. And that's, I think that's normal too, but I uh, went, when something like that happens. And so it was just a small, small fracture on my femur and tibia, but it was the, the stability in that, uh, that ACL was on another level. Like for one, it hurt. It was right when the fight started and, I, I didn't have stability and he was targeting that leg and I, and I couldn't. So for, in my mind, that wasn't like the performance I wanted just because I couldn't do a whole lot. I fought a guy, a really good fighter on one leg,
0: a great wow. fighter. He's so good.
1: Yeah. And, and so that, that, that's the thing. It's like,
0: he, I, he could I, be a champion in another, in in, in in any other, uh,
1: and I think he was. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Out of the UFC. He's, he's fucking terrifying. I mean, he's terrifying anyway,
1: but he, even answering Chad's, uh, question it was uh oh yeah it's it's my my mentality it's my mindset like I I work with a mind coach too I've talked about him several times Joshua Manuel he's a fight mindset like he he's a phenomenal guy and um and I think it's just before I even worked with him I I would visualize so much and I've always done that you know throughout my life and uh like I said for me trying to achieve what I want and this is (laughs) it's a it's a rough rough sport I'm literally willing to go and I don't just say that because like I will go through whatever I need to, to do. That was the compound fracture of my, my finger in my first UFC fight. Um, that's the that's, worst injury
0: in the history of UFC hand injury, right? The
1: hand injury. Yeah. And I read
0: that somewhere. That's the worst. Oh,
1: I had to oh! Hide the bone. That's the bone. I had to hide that while I'm fighting. I had to hide that behind my back. I got kicked in the cup. And the the ref stopped, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I put my hand behind my back and I said, "Yep, go. I, I just wanted to keep going because it was in the third round, and there was a f- few minutes left or something i I not want to take a chance of losing that fight, but it's it's the the mindset I have. I'm, I'm willing to go through hell I like i I will <laughs> I'll go through whatever as long as I get my hand raised you know
0: so that that yeah. hand injury we just saw is that your your right. finger broke going the wrong direction, and the bone popped out. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I went to go parry or walk a kick and it, it must hit at the right angle and it just snapped my finger in half like it was literally hanging on by the, the back of the, the index finger like the skin like it was completely just open and I it hurt and then I like during the fight, I looked down at it right after that happened. And I saw the bone. I was like, Oh shit. Like, and then <laughs> again, I looked at the clock and I'm like, Oh, you only got 90 seconds. you so keep <laughs> fighting. You'll be happy. And That and, was
0: against tuck. That was your first, that was your UFC debut.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. In in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, um, I, I kept thinking he kicked my finger off too. So every time he would kick me or hit me, I would block it. And then literally my finger would, flop all the way back and oh, the but I like
0: like it. if it would have fallen if you would have looked on the floor and seen your finger you wouldn't you wouldn't have been surprised
1: <laughs> i didn't care if i was using my finger my
0: <laughs> that would have been crazy <laughs> if someone so badass
1: get it off it was literally hanging on just by a, like literally a little bit of skin on the back side <sighs> of my, um, my finger were
2: you, were you afraid when they had wrapped it that it was going to like come off on when they were unwrapping the gloves in the, in yeah, the hand I, it was
1: just flapping there so yeah it was painful when i was taking the <laughs> glove off but it was just sitting there uh, don't
0: you don't know. have an obligation to tell the ref like you can hide it that's legit you don't get like
1: if, if you want to weigh out yeah tell the ref or tell the doctor uh, but i mean
0: afterwards they're not like hey you were supposed to tell us about this
1: no we don't have an obligation like even my yeah. knee I, I knew something was seriously wrong and i'm like there's a reason why um you know people in the NFL or anyone that tears our ACL, they don't, they don't get up and finish the down or finish the, the quarter. They they're carted off. Um, I fought for 14 and a half minutes with a, a complete blown out knee. Um,
0: the UFC is barbaric. Fighting is yeah. bar- this, my favorite sport. My only sport I watch is, is <laughs> barbaric. What does barbaric mean? Am I using that word right now?
1: Yeah. Barbaric. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> even in my, uh, even in my first pro fight, I, uh, same thing I, i've broken my hands and just flopping around in there and i i had to just use what i have you know my coaches are like use your right hand take them down use your elbows i'm like <laughs> that." you know <laughs> break your hand use an elbow keep going so, yeah even that is just it's flopping around it's just yeah it's just uh, uh
0: barbaric uh i like number three brutal or cruel and then number two is marked by crudeness or lack of sophistication. I don't know if it's crude or lack of sophistication, but
1: maybe with a lack of sophistication, I'll have bones sticking out of my hand. <laughs> <and I can't, sighs> it might just be stupid, <sighs> me blown out, still fighting. Um but that's what I was saying. Uh, if I, I was making these like no, probably not. I I, I was gonna say it, if I was making millions of dollars, you might not have seen me come out in a second, but that's just me. I I I can't like I won't give up. I can't. Cause then I have to, I have to live with that. So it's like, even with the injuries coming out and stuff like that, everyone would have been understanding, but I wouldn't have been, cause I would have known deep down inside that I quit. I gave up and it would just, I uh, would just tear me up inside. Damn.
0: When would you find out who you're going to fight next? Um, that's what, have- or, or do you know? And you just can't tell us. No, I'm I hoping have, that's,
1: I, I have no idea. I, um, who's your I, manager. Uh, Lloyd Pearson. So I, I'm managed by Vayner Sports. Okay. So, um, Gary and AJ Vaynerchuk's um, management.
0: Oh, oh that's, that's cool. That's new, right? They're new.
1: Yeah, they're. Uh, I've been with them for yeah about eighteen months. I, I was with Lloyd, my manager. He was at a different uh, management, um, you know, company, and then he, you know, this has kind of been in the works for quite some time. And, and he finally pulled this together, and uh, so I just kind of followed him um, over there.
0: And and c- can you like just call? What if like you just call him after this show?
1: And yeah, are that, gonna uh, fight,
0: and then text me on the side.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm gonna talk to him after the after the first of the year. So probably probably next week. I'll just you know we've been texting here and there, but we're gonna get on the the phone. And I, I just want to see kind of what the game plan is moving forward, and and uh, yeah, kind of see see what the plan is.
0: In, in, in an ideal world, they give you how many weeks notice?
1: Uh, hopefully I would like eight or so, but at least, you know, at least eight. But so does it, that it, mean
0: we wouldn't see you fight until March?
1: Possibly. I, I was hoping to maybe fight in sometime March, April. Okay. Um, I, I was hoping to fight on Mar- the March 5th card. You know, that's always a huge card in Vegas. It's an hour flight mm-hmm. for me the day after my birthday. Um, but I, i just i don't know what's available and and whatnot so uh, i am going to talk to him and kind of see yeah
0: see why, what why what's march 5th is that is that like the 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 fight week thing the the no that's uh, that's
1: in july but those are always some of the biggest like even I, I i set goals with that they always have a huge card around december you know new year's and that's the one i fought on even though it was you know a few weeks before new year's and then uh It's always right around my birthday, March 3rd to March 6th. They always have a huge pay-per-view fight in Vegas. Uh, and then international fight week is around July 4th. So just some cars I always wanted to fight on. And so I, I checked off the December one. I've always been wanting to fight around my birthday. Um, and then I I will fight international fight week too. So just, just some goals of mine, but nothing. They're just big pay-per-view cars. Is, is, is O'Malley in your weight class? no he, he's a he's a bannim weight he's uh he's thirty five yep
0: oh because that would be a fun one for you to fight just because then i mean it would get you so much recognition and then I'm looking here cater is fighting Giga giga yeah,
1: This time in uh january right
0: uh yeah january fifteenth that that's the that's the next fight that's the next UFC i think man man I'm, and uh do you watch any of these fights do you do yeah. i'm not what
1: I watch them all, you know, I, 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 have been a fan of the sport, you know, I was like watching this, (laughs) my best friend back in like 99 before it was mainstream, you know, uh, getting the pay-per-views and stuff like that. So I've always been a fan. Um, so unless I have something going on or even, even if I'm at a wedding or something, I'll still pull it up and we're Then I'll get like a big crowd behind me at a table and we're taken away from the, (laughs) you know, the reception. But yeah, I I, I try to watch most of the fights unless I I literally am doing something where I can't especially guys in my weight class, you know, I, I, I try to, I definitely watch um, the guys in my weight class. Cause you never know, like if, if I, if I'll be fighting them soon. Um,
0: uh, I always brag to my, well, to anyone who will listen about how great <laughs> I am and how great my podcast is. And the, 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 and I, especially to the other fathers in my kids' jujitsu class. And I was bragging to them the other day that you were going to come on the show even before you had agreed. Oh, awesome. and, <laughs> and one of them had said that they, had just trained at a g with one of your instructors in hawaii Does, do one of your instructors have was he lying just trying to like one-up me no Do you have an instructor uh, who has a gym in hawaii
1: yeah he, uh felipe bragio he, he oh just, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and you can only train there in a white gi or something
1: oh is that uh felipe lives in Kauai. he, he uh he just opened his gym out there in kawaii so um
0: is that your guy do you train with that dude
1: yeah, no, he's awesome. Yeah. He, he's been with, uh, you know, he's helped me since the beginning too of my, my MMA career. And yeah, he, he he's an awesome friend and and coach and everything of mine. And yeah, he, he moved out there with his, uh, his wife and two kids. And he, he's a Brazilian guy. He's from, he's from, uh, what to he? He's from Rio, I think. And then he, he's been out here. Um, he has a gym in Sacramento that he's coming back from Kauai like every four to eight weeks. Um, just to kind of like check in, stay here for a week. And then he just opened his gym out there. If that's who he's talking about, I'm assuming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, that is it. And, and I recognize the name he said, it. and he, that dude just keeps upgrading. He went from Brazil to Sacramento and now he's moving to Kauai to retire.
1: Yeah. He, he, he's been, all it's kind of crazy too, because he's been, he's one of those guys that, you know, he speaks multiple languages and had a, has had a cool little life so far as far as traveling goes, you know, Portuguese, English, he, he lived in like, france he speaks french he speaks it's and he's been all over the place he's like oh yeah i lived in spain for you know a few years like i lived in france for paris for four years i'm like geez, like and he's and he's young he's like in his early 40s i i I know you
0: i know um team alpha male is 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 insane there's an insane pedigree there uh your eye favor the whole crew i know you got the stockton guys over there you got the diaz brothers i know that you have access to just insane dudes but um if you go inland 90 minute drive from your house you also have access to uh, you know where daniel and uh khabib and, and luke and do you, do you ever go there or are you ever tempted to go there and, and play around
1: i have not you know it's uh that's one thing that i, I haven't really cross trained like a lot of people just because i'm from here i you know i go to the gym and we've had a lot of people come through um the gym i mean and
0: you have insane people there by the way i mean look at these guys i mean
1: no, and they, and they say how lucky we are, uh, yeah. because our, our gym is so structured. But I, I have like years, years, and years ago, um Danny Castillo, my coach and I, and like we we had a we'd go down to uh Stockton and we'd cross-train with like uh you know Nate and Nate's an awesome guy, you know, and a lot of guys there. Um I think it was before he fought Gray Maynard. That so that's a, a long time ago. But before I was even in the UFC, Danny and I were going down there to kind of work on some wrestling with Nate. Um, but yeah, I, I, have, I haven't really got a cross train. And don't get me wrong. I would love to go down there. And, you know, I've seen Nate around and I'm like, man, I got to get down there and, and come into your gym and just roll with you. And he's like, anytime, you know, like same thing, like anytime he wanted to come up here. But I know certain people, they just don't, I don't know, they don't have uh, good relationships with um, certain people on our team and vice versa. But it's like, you know, I just treat people how they treat me
0: what did you think about sorry now i'm really just geeking out what did you think about rob font and jose aldo's fight jose aldo's fight
1: yeah i, I thought it was a it was a good fight and it's uh you know jose aldo he just kind of man that guy is so good i i,
0: I, I thought rob was going to retire him
1: i i, I you know, you never know how it's going to turn out and then the way aldo came out and just it was wild it was a wild fight font's a great fighter you know and a good dude like he came out and trained with us. I want to say like eight years ago. And, you know, I've seen him at the PI here and there. It's a, Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Do you use the PI? I
1: I, I did. When I did my ACL surgery, I stayed out there. My wife and I lived in Vegas for two months and, uh, I did, you know, PT, um, with Heather and, and and Bobby and all them like twice a day. I was doing strength with Bo. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome facility. Um, they have some, some, yeah, yeah, I think the best PTs in the country and they have great strength coaches and everything is, you have access to it. So it's really nice if you actually live there. I say, um, because you can get, you know, your food for free, you got supplements and we can get supplements as well. Um, and you can get like the best physical therapy and they, they just have, it's like a state of art facility, you know, with, <laughs>
0: I think <laughs> like there. Al Jermaine basically lives there. He's like,
1: yeah, he loves it. in Vegas. Right. And, uh, and just, yeah, he kind of, he goes back and forth. I, yeah. I think it, it, it's, it's great, man. The PI is something else and they're, they're opening multiple facilities in different countries and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we are lucky that we, we have access to it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Josh, thank you so much, man. What, a what we, and there's so much we still didn't get to talk about. I'd love to, uh, bug you again. Um, yeah, anytime. Total, total honor to have you on the show. So fun to pick your brain. You're a great conversationalist. That That's my, that's my newest thing. I had a, a dusty tuckness on here last week. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's the greatest bullfighter in the history of bullfighting. He's only 35. He's been bullfighter of the year, 10 years in a row. And the, and the oh, wow. next closest guy is only five years in a row. He's, he's amazing. Um, but he, but he's, uh, He's that's
1: not a dangerous a sport, or dangerous, whatever you want to call it. Sport. Holy um, shit, yeah. it's dangerous! I had shit. Doing that, and they they've seen people like die from the bull stepping on him, killed in front of him. He's lost a finger, you know, like literally lost it because the bull stepped on him. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to do that.
0: Yeah, Dusty's job, and, and, and why he is the bullfighter of the year, ten years in a row. Is the second the dude gets bucked off the bull, that dude just steps right in front of him and the bull. It's nuts. The, it's the He has a 2013 highlight reel that's on YouTube. That's like. It's it's crazy. You can't even fathom it. But and, and and bulls just will just fling him like ten feet in the air, and he lands on his feet. It's kind of it's awesome. But but is my, I I really enjoy talking with him. But he's not a conversationalist. You know what I mean? Like I ask him a question, and then he answers. He's not he's not like yeah. And then my finger was flopping around on the ground and shit every time. <laughs> like he's not like he's not like adding. Like I gotta like. <laughs> but he's great then dusty if you're if you're watching you know because i know you're at home with a broken leg don't i, I love you you got to oh, come man. back on <laughs> you could have your own podcast is what i'm saying
1: that's what everyone's talking about they're like you need to do a podcast You need to do <laughs> like, i'm big into like the crypto and nft space too and so oh
2: oh yeah
1: that. like you need to be the first fighter to have i know ben askren's big into like crypto but not so much nfts unless he is now but my, my friend keeps he's on me he's like you'd be the first one and i don't know i it's hard for me like i can do interviews like this and other people's podcasts but it i don't know i i just i don't know it'd be hard for me to be on like you know we switch roles like me be the person <laughs> I, I don't know i
2: just i think don't. you'd be good at it I think you'd be good at it get a couple reps in i think you'd feel comfortable and
1: maybe i'll give it a shot you know
0: yeah i feel i feel sorry for professional athletes in, in the interview space. Cause most interviewers it's so fucking stiff and they're trying to be sports interviewers. And I'm just like, I would fucking kill someone if I was a fucking athlete and they, and they, it's not the questions. It's the, it's the stuffiness. It's yeah. like, and, in and, and, and just a bitch about ESPN. I can't, <laughs> I love Bisbing and Cormier and, uh, and, uh, uh, um, um, and, Joe Rogan and, say say who else dominic cruz
1: Annick john annick yeah
0: and, and when they bring over these dipshits from espn like uh uh who's who's the uh the they got uh, one black guy and one white guy they do the box they're the, uh steven a smith and
1: okay yeah i know who you're talking
0: and about. max keller like i like you guys but stay at your fucking corporate job over there the ufc's real <laughs> like i don't want to hear any of your fucking nonsense bullshit over here like I just want to hear what fucking Joe let Anak is stuffy enough. I like him. He's not it's not a dig in him, but let Anik play the professional sports commentator role and let Daniel, Michael Bisbing, and Joe Rogan and all those other guys just be real dudes. Mm. I don't want to hear any of your woke bullshit from ESPN. <laughs> Stay the fuck over there. <laughs> fucking crying. Did you ever see Stephen A. Smith's like fighting video, like where he's training, punching? <laughs> don't see it. Don't I'm see you'll be so. It brings out the worst judgment in human. Is like, come on, guys. I fine. Go over there and stay over there with Tia Fimo and those guys. Those the <laughs> boxers. I love it how you said. Um, when 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 uh, Cerrone lost last night, I thought, oh, I know what Cerrone's thinking. He's thinking, well, I beat this guy up in the back alley, and that kind of reminded me of what you were saying when you lose a wrestling match, like, well, I'll beat you up in the parking lot if you want.
1: <laughs> you you held me on my back for a second. I'm like- <laughs> He wouldn't beat me in a fight, I promise that. No, um, no, no time limit. Yeah,
0: I have to get Nick Rodriguez in every show. So let me let me say one thing that reminded me. I wonder if you do this. We had Nick Rodriguez on the show. Do you know who that is, Nicky Rod? Yeah,
1: the jujitsu guy, right? Or Yeah, yeah he, he, he uh, competed last night too. Right, he
0: won. Yeah, against that the giant
1: movie? dude. I saw that. I, yeah.
0: Um. So he said that. Um. I was like, "How did you know? How did like?" How do you know, like, you're a tough guy or that you can fight? He's like, well, I used to work at Home Depot, and I used to just sit there, and everyone who walked in, I'd be like, I could beat you up. I, could beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I just love that story. Is that kind of like he's like he's like if you're if you're a dude, that's like just one of the alpha things that alpha dudes do. You walk into a room and you're like, yeah, beat everyone up in here. Is, you got a little up. bit of that in you, like you go into Starbucks I, and you're like, hey yeah, probably pretty I f- fight all you at the same time, probably.
1: I think so. Like, I I don't, I don't go in and just like individually looking at everyone, but I <laughs> I just feel like I feel pretty confident wherever I am. I think I could take care of myself, you know? Uh, yeah.
0: I, like, like when I go pee in a public restroom, like I always pee like at an angle, even if like no one's in there and there's to- and like no one could get close. Just in case someone snuck up and hit me, you- you're more relaxed than that. You're like, <laughs> they oh, better yeah. have a gun.
1: I don't want to get like, yeah, blindsided or something and, and a long time, like not a long time ago, but even in 08, when I was, I was in college, I got, I was just in a bad or not even, it was a bad situation. And just me being me who I am, I walked outside and I saw this huge guy getting beat up by these big Tongan guys and like kicked in the face. Other guy hitting him. He was out. cold, And so I just, without thinking, which is kind of stupid, I ran over there threw the guy on top of him into a car. And then this huge tongue guy's coming at me. I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to fight this guy. So <laughs> as soon as he gets close, I'm just going to just drill him right in his chin. But then I got, he was with four other friends and I got sucker punched. And then I, they were doing that to me, broke oh, my punch, all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah.
0: you had your jaw broken.
1: Yeah. Wired shut. When I was, uh, it was my first year of at, down at Menlo. It was like the summer, um, yeah it was, it was all messed up but even even doing that i would have i would have done it again because i I was in the i was in the uh not the er but what's the um like urgent care so, not urgent no it was the, it was the hospital the stanford hospital but it's like uh it's like a department of like the the hospital where like the not the Oh uh, ICU, so far, but yeah, the ICU. I was in the ICU because it was pretty bad, you know. And like I, where you go it, if
0: you have COVID it. and you're four hundred pounds overweight.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so I went to the ICU and uh, I was I was fine. I had a broken jaw, like you know that's why I have this big old scar on my forehead from that because my face just hit this concrete and I was I was out, but I guess I was still fighting from what the witnesses said. Um was so, <laughs> still fighting, and this isn't oh wait, but it's uh
0: I was out, but I was still fighting warning
1: on on my to feet. All, and to that,
0: all future content crazy
2: uh, uh, competitors
1: I <laughs> was in the hospital he was in he was in a neck brace and he was a big he was like a I think he was a Tongan guy so it was like the Samoans were beating up this Tongan guy, but he was a big guy. And he was in a neck brace. His face looked like someone beat it up with a bat. He just had lumps and stuff all over. And and the cop was saying that if they find the guys, they're going to arrest them for attempted murder. And they were saying that he's lucky that I did something because they think he would have killed them. And And so even that, like what I went through and all that, just it sucked. Don't get me wrong. Like that was a horrible, uh, that's kind of a, a crazy story. I'll tell you a quick thing about it, but I would have done it again because if the guy would have died, like, and and I hopped in and and I took, I I just had a broken jaw and the guy lived. I'll do it again. But I uh, this was right before Fourth of July and I was uh, so my mom loves fireworks. She's coming down to the Bay Area after this happens. I get released from the hospital on Fourth of July. Um, broken jaw still. I haven't had the surgery yet. They're going to schedule it for next week. Um. The, all the pharmacies closed. So I couldn't get um, like pain medication. And uh, I guess I had a bad concussion too. I didn't realize at the time, but um, I couldn't get pain medication. My mom is there kind of freaking out. I'm all banged up, broken jaw still. And I'm like, oh, let's go see some fireworks. You know, like this is good up here. And my wife was upset that I'm doing this and driving us around. Um, but I ended up doing that just so my mom could see the fireworks. And then uh, I come home and I'm, I'm like throwing up because I'm in pain. This is later on, but my jaw's broke, so I'm throwing up. That hurts like hell because uh, this side was.
0: Broken. How do you throw up with your jaw wired shut? There's just so like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't wired shut yet. Cause oh. Surgery was the next week, but this okay. side shattered. This side was broken, you know, oh. half. <sighs> And so I'm throwing up and like that, and just, oh, it hurts so bad. And then my oh. jaw gets stuck. It's like I can't shut my mouth. So after <laughs> I'm throwing up, it's like stuck. I'm like ah, and I have no pain medicine because the pharmacy's closed till the fifth. How that? did it, it get stuck know?
0: open because it was cramped or because like bones were blocked broken bones
1: something it couldn't shut but after a while like <sighs> i just shut my mouth it was just that just reminded me of it it was just like yeah i forgot about all that till you brought something up it just took me there but
0: it's a south park episode wow. your mouth just stuck open and just vomiting just like perfect. a fire
1: <laughs> <heart>. <laughs> and that was another it's painful out. thing and then i'm sitting there just like in pain and agony until like literally the next morning and then i can get you know because it was it was bad so they gave me like the liquid oxycontin and stuff like that um wow and then that kind of helped but that was a that was a tough i guess you say like 16 18 hours
0: (laughs) there's this pain medicine i don't know what it is but they can they can inject it into you if i heard the name i think we would all know what it is but my wife was in so much pain one time um with an infection in her knee and i just remembered she was vomiting like like just being in so much pain you're
1: vomiting and they injected her with this shit like god what was that it was like anti-inflammatory it was just like a pain
0: it's some it crazy pain. hard narcotic it's some crazy oh, wow. nar- I, and i was as soon as i saw what it did to her i was like god i need some of that i just wanted to try it <laughs> <laughs> oh all right brother um you are in my google alerts josh Emmett. i don't know if you know what that is but anytime anyone writes anything about you in the press i get an email so i will know the second you uh have a fight and uh like most of the people who come on this podcast you'll you'll probably regret it because i bug you so much but uh (laughs) thanks man for the hour and 44 minutes you're a great dude thank you josh incredible
1: incredible stories man oh thank you Uh, Yeah, we'll talk soon.